Welcome into Bearcat Rewind. This is episode number 63 of the podcast, and this weekend marks the start to the 2021 NCAA Division II basketball tournaments. Just a field of 48 instead of 64, but still intriguing matchups across the country on both the women's and the men's sides. And today we're talking with the chair of NCAA D2 Women's Basketball, Lori Hopkins. Lori was on with us earlier in the year discussing her role at Northwest and the honor of being the chair. Today we get to learn about what goes on behind the scenes and how these brackets are churned out. Definitely difficult jobs of picking the at-large teams, but also just fascinating hearing from Lori about how all of that goes down. And if you're a basketball fan and a March Madness fan, you will enjoy today's podcast. Bearcat Rewind is brought to you by the Northwest Foundation, providing support for the Northwest Alumni Association and the university's funding needs since 1971. More information is available on Facebook or online at nwmissouri.edu slash alumni. And also Clorinda Regional Health Center, offering support to Southwest Iowa and Northwest Missouri each day during times of uncertainty through local team of providers and nurses. More information at clorindahealth.com. Today's conversation with Lori Hopkins combs through the weekend preparing for Selection Sunday, then solidifying each region as we get set for the opening round of the NCAA tournament. Let's dive into this week's episode of the podcast. We're talking with Northwest Missouri State Deputy Athletic Director Lori Hopkins. She is also the chair of NCAA Division II Women's Basketball this year, the national chair. And Lori, what a better way to go in is with taking on the most ridiculous, crazy, adverse year we could possibly have in college basketball, which is the 2020 and 2021 season. Yes, Matt, it has been. Uh, it's been a whirlwind, that's for sure. I think one of my national committee members said it best to me. She said, uh, hey, Lori, don't worry about it. This year you're going to go down in history as the national chair who led us through a pandemic. So <laughs> I said, that, well, at least I can be part of history then at, at some point. Um, but it, it's been, um, you know, just with the changes and, and dealing with different things and obstacles and um, it's it's been a challenge, but it's also you know it's just what our life is right now, and and um, so we're we're muddling through, and we're we're going to have a tournament, so that's exciting. As we look at it right now, we're used to sixty four teams, eight regions of eight teams apiece. How hard was that going through and saying, you know what, we're only we only have six teams, so we've got some some quality uh, opponents that could be jumping in here and making a run, but instead. They just didn't make the cut. I feel like that just adds to making those jobs even harder of making that bracket. Oh, definitely. And and this year is is was a unique year. And as far as the the regional um, advisory committees and looking at data, um, you know, the data was it's it's not the same. You can't compare data from a team that plays eleven games to a team that played twenty two games. And that's what we're looking at. Um, and you had regions that didn't have um, enough teams that would maybe even qualify for uh, to, to be potentially in the region. And so um, there was a lot of challenges um, at going through this the whole process. But, um, you know, look, trying to stay consistent is what our national committee did and um, feel like we did the best that we could do with the information we were given and the, and the challenge that was in front of us um, to make, make some decisions and to get, to get our bracket. I know um, when the bracket was announced, Sunday night for for the women's um, side, our our group, our national committee, all text each other because we're all very supportive, obviously, of each other, and and it just felt good to to have that bracket announced, and we all felt really good about what what um, what teams were selected and and the process that we went through. Well, honestly, and it comes down to everybody wants to raise the trophy in the end. They want to be known as a team that that won it all in 2021. But I think once we do get through a national championship and, and on the women's side in Columbus. That'll be a sigh of relief of, man, a few months ago, 
We didn't think we'd be here. Now all of a sudden, all the work that's put in, all the testing and everything, it's finally through and, and we got to the peak. That's one, of, that's one of the things that we, we keep trying to remind ourselves is that when we get hung up on um, the little things that go with putting a tournament on or um, those kind of things, we, we have to step back and remember, hey, we're at least getting to play. Um, and we're, you know, we were able to put a, a bracket together. And um, so it's, it's really easy to get caught up in, in all the other stuff. And it's hard to remember and see the big picture of, just like you said, in a few weeks we're going to be in Columbus, Ohio, and we're going to crown a national champion. So, Walk us through this last weekend, if you can. How hectic is that, keeping tabs on conference tournaments going around the country and just everything going on, knowing that, uh, that you have to put a 64-team bracket together, check that, 48-team bracket together on Sunday? Right, you know that, and that's exactly what you what you described as what my weekend was like. Um, you know, I've I watched a lot of basketball. I watched a lot of basketball of teams that I didn't even really know existed, to be honest with you. And so, um, being able, which was heaven for me, I'm a basketball junkie, so it was great. But yeah, being able to watch uh, other conferences and and then when all those conference play, when all that conference play is done, and and we have our AQs and and we. That's when we really dig in, and the national committee, we, we met for the women's side. Our national committee met um, Sunday morning, and I walked out of my office at 5 o'clock, and so it was a solid day, and um, I just thank our national committee for all the work that they do and, and the time, and, and, you know, this isn't a paid position. This is a volunteer position, and it's people who want what's best for Division Two women's basketball, and, and so um, the time that they put into it and, and, and all of the the conversations and all of the homework um, really uh, paid off, and, and so that's where we get where we're at. Was it kind of nice, too, not the fact that Northwest wasn't playing in Kansas City for the MIAA tournament, but that it wasn't spilling into Sunday on the men's side to where you didn't have any extra duties to do as far as Northwest Missouri State, maybe if the Bearcats had hosted on Sunday. Instead, it was just the MIAA women's game being out in Hayes on Sunday, and then you could kind of sit back and, and take all of that in without having to think about some other duties you might have with the Bearcats. Yeah, I'll be honest with you, Matt. Last year, um, when our men played in the championship game in, in Kansas City, I came home on Saturday just because I knew I had um, a lot of things to do, and so I watched the our men's championship game on, on the computer as I was watching about five other women's conference um, championship games. So, yeah, it was kind of nice to on Sunday to wake up and I could put my, all my focus was on women's basketball, and, and um, so that, that was a little bit different for me this year. So as you go into this week, you know the, the, the rankings from the prior week and the regional rankings and all that as you head into Selection Sunday. How much weight is put into that? Do you think about all right, this bubble team needs this or that to get in, or is it just kind of take each situation as they come? Yeah, we do. We, we do look at, um, so each regional advisory committee meets before the national committee meets on, on Sunday to give their recommendation, and um, you do some what-if scenarios. You know, we talk a lot about, um, so if, if this team wins, how does that affect these three schools? If this team would win, how does it change the numbers for these? Um, you know, but a, a lot of people get hung up on, oh, they, they beat so-and-so the last game of the season. Well, when we look at rankings and when you look at putting teams in the national tournament, you look at the whole body of work. What have you done the whole year? It's not just, not, not just the what have you done lately. Um, and so 
we don't get too caught up. You know, there, like I said, there are some what-if scenarios when you get to the end there. But a lot of it is just the whole body of work. They worked hard to get to where they're at, you know, at the end of the year, and you don't just want one game to make a decision. Is it hard whenever you get something from a regional committee and, and maybe you're seeing it from a different perspective or a different view and um, maybe all of you within the national committee are like, well, we're not so sure about these. What's that process like of kind of getting all that approved through uh, through the way? Right. So so the regional advisory committees are, are just that. They're advisory committees. And so those those groups, you we have to commend those groups all across the country because they put in the homework. They do all the, they put on all the work. They do the homework and, and make those suggestions. And yeah, there are times when a national committee may look at something and say, well, let's take a look and let's look at it this way. Um, I think that the big thing that you have to, to keep in mind is that they just try to to the national committee tries to keep consistency across the board, and so sometimes um, w- when you're looking at re- uh, a regional advisory committee's uh, recommendation, maybe it's not quite as consistent as what we have looked at in the past. And so those are the those are the kind of things that we look at as a national committee. So if they were to think about someone pounding the table and saying that this team needs to be in, is that happening more at the regional level and not necessarily at the national level? It's not getting heated per se. Yeah, there it, and. And Matt, there are no heated conversations when, um, when you're meeting with your advisory committee or when the national committee meets. These people are, are respected, are respectable people that um, respect other people's opinions, and that's why they're on these committees because they want to do what's best for basketball and, and they want the best teams to be in the tournament. And so, um, when you get a group, a regional advisory group together, you have that mutual respect, and everybody's just um, doing what they think is best for um, the best teams to get into the region. So a lot of what we look at here in Maryville, too, especially from a fan and media perspective, it's easy to kind of see it through those green uh, shaded glasses. And since you've been in this and you've kind of seen it from different angles, hoping you can shed some light for Northwest fans and and media as well. But I think for the the Bearcat men perspective, everybody going into this weekend thinking Bearcats are number one regardless. They've got this kind of figured out. Then all of a sudden they're number two, the all MIAAs on one side, all NSICs on the other side. When you look at it from a neutral perspective that, that you can kind of take with some of these in different situations you've seen in the past, does it make sense when you kind of look at it neutrally and unbiasedly saying, okay, we, I understand how they kind of sorted all this out here? Yeah, definitely. And being on a, on a national committee, um, you're looking at a lot of different things that, that people from the outside don't get don't get the privilege of knowing. Um, obviously, what a national committee discusses is is private, and that's uh, you know, privileged information. Um, but there are a lot of things behind the scenes that, that a lot of people aren't aware of. And so I am sure that when, that, that when the men's committee met and they talked about um, whatever the regional advisory committees had recommended to them, there was, there was a method behind their madness. And, and um, uh, like I said, consistency is the one thing that on the women's side we really tried to, to push. And so um, there, people don't just do things to do things. There was a reason. And you, and you know, on those committees, those people have been working hard behind the scenes and have spent many of hours looking at stats and going over um, things with a fine-tooth comb to make sure that they do get it right. Whenever we look at the women's central region, that's the one kind of we've been focusing on throughout with so many MIAA teams in. Four will be in Warrensburg with a couple from the NSIC. We've got some good matchups there and a couple that we haven't seen, but what excites you most thinking about going to Warrensburg and a chance to see Fort Hayes and UNK as the one-two, and a chance for UCM and Emporia State to kind of battle with Duluth and St. Cloud to move on. 
Right. It's a, it's going to be. I think we got some great matchups there. It's going to be really. We're going to have some really good basketball, especially that first night. Being able to, um, I know our, our the MIAA schools, and I'm sure the Northern Sun schools are excited to see somebody else besides uh, somebody in their conference. Um, because, you know, everybody had just had conference play this year. So we were really excited that we're going to get some matchups that we haven't seen this year. And, and any time we get into a, a regional tournament, you know this, Matt, anything can happen because you have the best six teams that we felt like in our region in the country are, are playing this, this weekend. And so you know it's going to be good basketball regardless. How awesome is this for you going back to Warrensburg after last year? That's where you were when you heard things start shutting down and then after that going on to Columbus for the Elite Eight. Yeah, it was, it's kind of crazy. I, uh, last year at this time, I was heading to Warrensburg, and uh, Central Missouri was the number one number one team in the region that year. They were the first year that they were able to host a region, and um, it was kind of ironic that the, when the news came down from the NCAA that we were canceling championships, I was in a practice with the Central Missouri uh, women, and so um, it's, I'm super excited to be heading back to Warrensburg. I'm glad that they have opportunity to host. Um, and super excited to go to the Elite Eight. Um, missed out on an Elite Eight last year. Uh, last year was supposed to be in Birmingham, Alabama. And so this year, being able to travel to Columbus, Ohio, I've been a bi- I have been a big part of the planning that's going into the Elite Eight in Columbus, Ohio. We're um, hosting – Ohio Dominican is the host school for Division II women's basketball Elite Eight this year. And not able to host on their campus, but we're hosting at the convention center downtown in Columbus, Ohio. And the people in Columbus have been awesome to work with at the convention center and their, their commer- the commerce – group there in town had just been awesome and we're going to do the best that we can to put on the best championship experience uh in this covid time that we can and honestly that's one of the best parts about these tournaments is getting out going to new towns seeing new people and some of these facilities too and so uh that'll be exciting to be back in columbus and and uh hopefully you know it's a short drive from from evansville indiana right you never know do you Lori, we appreciate the time. Looking forward to uh, some March Madness here coming up soon, and, and always great to talk with you. Well, thank you, Matt. I appreciate the time. Thanks again to Lori Hopkins for joining us here on Bearcat Rewind. Always great to chat with her, and it's so cool to have someone from Northwest Missouri State with such a high position there within D2 women's basketball this year and kind of giving us that behind-the-scenes look of what goes into putting these brackets together. In case you missed it, over the last few weeks, our guests have included Zach Schneider from Northwest Men's Basketball, Mike Racy, the MIAA Commissioner, Northwest Assistant Soccer Coach Quade Curtin, Northwest Head Volleyball Coach Amy Worth, and many more, so be sure to check those out as well. Northwest Professor Alex Kurt produced our intro and outro music. We appreciate everyone for tuning in to Bearcat Rewind today. Please subscribe, rate, review, and tell your friends about the podcast. I'm Matt Tritton. We'll talk to you again next time.